Good morning, night, evening, wherever you are. Thank you for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy this story. Uh, it's called, If You Receive a Link to the Game Unrequited, Do Not Play, by Let's Split Up on Reddit. I hope you enjoy this story. Once again, thank you for stopping by. Let's get into it. The game's title flashes across my screen, Unrequited. An old-school loading bar pops up, a vein pumping blood to a heart. The words start game hover over the beating heart. I move the knife that is my mouse icon onto it and click, and the heart explodes. A stock scream rings in my ears. It's a ham-fisted mix of gore and cheese. Baby, you broke my heart, so now I'm gonna stab yours. Unrequited begins like 90% of horror games, in a haunted room. My goal is rendered in bloody letters at the top of the screen. Explore the room. Except, the moment I swing my camera around to view a low-res, boxy sofa, wallpaper, and pixelated furniture, my heart drops into my stomach. No way, I think. No way! The room is my living room. Hold on, let me back up a sec. Unrequited isn't a game you'll find anywhere. I'd never heard of this game before my friend Sarah sent me the link via messenger last week with a note about how it was right up my alley. She knows I have a thing for indie horror games. Today was the first day I clicked on that link, downloaded the game and ran it, with no idea it was about to drop me into a pixelated version of my own dang living room. I messaged Sarah. What the hell is this game? Then while waiting for her response, the rationalizations kicked in. Maybe it's a coincidence. Every town home on my street has the same cookie-cutter three bedrooms, two bathrooms, and a garage. So for this indie game to use the floor plan of this rental I moved into only a few months ago is improbable, but not impossible, right? And after all, the furniture is different. The carpet burgundy instead of beige. The damask wallpaper yellowed and grimy. The lamp of one of those cheesy, disturbing ones of a woman's leg beneath the lampshade. I definitely don't own anything as tasteless as that. Just a spine-tingling coincidence. At least, that's what I tell the knots in my stomach, as I move my character to the coffee table to pick up a note. Peter's Plumbing Co. Complaint. Blood pouring from the top, loud banging noises. Resolution. Found some rust flecks, no evidence of noises, water running clear, it all looks good. Call with any further problems. Ah yes, blood in the pipes. A tried and true trope of the paranormal. As I continue to explore the room, it becomes clear our young female protag, Mary, has just moved into this new townhome and has noticed strange happenings. Lights flickering, horrific nightmares, and of course the aforementioned blood. Ignoring the dread curdling in my belly, I settle in and grab a coke, which I sip here in my real living room as I guide Mary through the much grimier game living room searching for clues. Normally, there's something comforting to me about an old-fashioned point-and-click horror game with grainy graphics. Maybe that sounds weird, but when you've been through actual life hell, it can be cathartic to see the horror unfold for someone else. Sure, I'm going through some stuff, but at least I don't have blood pouring from my faucets. Games like this are my bread and butter, and on a night like tonight, with the rain drumming on my roof, and only a single lamp casting its feeble illumination across my table. Well, that just adds to the ambiance. At least that would be the case. 
but I can't shake the feeling that there's something really wrong about this game, and not just because it's set disconcertingly in my own home. This game is retro, and when I say retro, I don't just mean the graphics. It treats Mary the way all early video games treated female characters back when developers assumed the sole audience was horny males. Mary's boobs are jutting pyramids, her midriff bare, her shorts hugging her butt cheeks. When I send her up to investigate the faucets, Mary's internal monologue shows up as italicized text. It's running water again. Guess I'll take a shower. Uh-huh. Sure. Exactly what I'd do in my shower that was recently running blood. Next, of course, is the shower scene. After the fan service, nice pixelated pyramids, Mary, the camera cuts away to the mirror above the sink. I cannot help the tightening of my gut as I notice the fixtures are identical to those in my upstairs bathroom. Handprints appear on the foggy glass. Cue the scary violins. Then the camera pans and my stomach lurches. I slam my coke on the desk. A horrible twist of dread rings my insides like a damp rag. On the hook on the bathroom door is a striped bathrobe. I message Sarah. What the actual hell, Sarah? I take a screenshot of the bathrobe and send that to her along with my message. Then I hunker down and stare at the screen. A bathrobe on a hook isn't strange, but a striped bathrobe, the exact stripy colors as mine, and an exact replica of my bathroom? I try to decide how terrified I should be. Crap my pants terrified? Call the police terrified? Move away and don't leave a forwarding address terrified? Am I going to throw up this coke? I can't decide. So I swallow the coke and keep playing. For right now, it stays down. The cutscene ends. Mary gets out of the shower draped in her towel, and I'm now in control of her again. Explore the bathroom. Um, okay. How is get dressed not an option? I try to steer Mary toward my striped robe to cover her pyramid boobs, but no dice. Mary is definitely interested in exploring her haunted bathroom while in a towel. It's a small towel, in case you were wondering. With a sigh, I point her toward the mirror. There's an option to investigate a slip of paper sticking out the side of the glass. Tug the paper? Yes or no? I click Y, and Mary reaches to grasp the edge of the paper. It's stuck. Excuse me while my heart rate spikes. This game is really getting to me. And as she pulls the edge of the mirror, the mirror swings open. Behind it is a squarish hollow in the wall from which she withdraws the paper. The paper flashes up on screen, a bold handwritten scrawl. Mary, how could you abandon our love, our future? Don't you see we were meant to be together? And now I've found you. I'll make sure we are together forever. When I exit out of the item menu, Mary's internal monologue pops up again. Brad? He killed himself last week. I, I can't believe it. Were those handprints, Brad? Impossible. When did he write this? Okay, so let's parse this. Mary is being haunted by her ex, or her stalker, who killed himself over her rejection, and whose ghost is now hovering around her bathroom leaving handprints on the mirror. JFC, Mary. Why are you still in a dang dowel? Quickly, I messaged Sarah. Where did you find this game? She hasn't logged into Messenger since last week, so I closed Messenger and searched my contacts for her cell number. 
I text. Sarah, that game you sent me is giving me serious flashbacks to that creep Josh. Where did you find this game? Then I sat there, staring at the screen, willing Sarah to please answer. All the while, memories flash back into my consciousness. Josh, the quiet, skinny guy in the cubicle across the room from me, his eyes darting away whenever I'd look up to catch him staring. The weird notes left for me on my desk, until I asked to be transferred to a different department. And then, the signs he'd been around my house. Flowers on the doorstep, letters with no stamp or return address slipped into the mail slot. Messages on my phone. That blouse looks good on you. Or, just want to say orange is your color. Not trying to be creepy, just want to brighten your day. With a dang smiley face. While I'm choking on my breakfast cereal, wondering which window he's peeping through, or whether he somehow has cameras on me. A ring left on my pillow was the last straw because it meant he'd been inside my bedroom. I packed up and moved, leaving no forwarding address. Now I copy the link of the game, send it to a former co-worker with a single sentence. Is this Josh's handiwork? Then I grab a knife from the kitchen rack, tuck my laptop under my arm, and head upstairs. Goosebumps rise on my skin, even though I flick on every light in the house to chase away the shadows. I check the bedrooms, the closets, finally the bathroom. When I'm certain there is no one else here with me, I turn and face the mirror. It's just a game. There's nothing there. My heart slams in my chest as I reach for the edge of the mirror. My breaths come fast and shallow. Am I going to pass out? It's just a game. The thing about being stalked is, it doesn't end when you uproot your life and move away. You can scrub yourself from social media, avoid public places where you might show up in someone's background and accidentally disclose your new location, cut ties with all former mutual friends or coworkers. But the fear will never leave you. You wake up in the middle of the night to footsteps, only to realize you were dreaming. You hear the garage door open and close, but was it yours or a neighbor's? Things go missing. Your favorite mug, that pizza you were saving in the chest freezer. Sometimes you feel eyes on you, watching you. You feel with every bone, every fiber in your body that he has found you. But everyone tells you that you're. F-I-N-E. You're safe. It's just your imagination. Then one day, you notice the closet door behind you ajar, and you panic. You snatch up your phone with the message from your friend that you haven't answered yet. Sarah sends a link. Check this out, I think this game might be right up your alley. With a smiley face. Oh my god, I think someone's in the house with me. Sarah. Seriously? Are you alright? Hey, are you alright? If you don't respond, I'm calling the police. But you don't respond, because you're already on the phone with the dispatcher, babbling your address while arming yourself with a baseball bat and checking the closet. You peek out into the hall and over the railing down to the first floor and front door. You creep into each of the bedrooms while brandishing the bat. There's no sign of intrusion, but every sense tells you that you're being watched. The dispatcher says police are just a few minutes away. Then a door creaks. You freeze and hear the familiar groaning clack of the garage opening. He's in the garage. All that terror surges into your arms, into your throat. 
As you rush down screaming with your bat, you burst into the garage. Your mother shrieks and drops the load of books she's carrying. Mom! Oh my god, Mom! You babble apologies. Try not to sound crazy as your mom stares at the baseball bat you nearly brained her with. Police find no evidence of intrusion. Everyone, including you, laughs at how you were spooked by your mom's surprise visit. The implication is clear. You are a girl in hysterics making up monsters. So? Guess how many times I've called the police in the past month to come out and search my house. Four. That's once every week. And you know what they found to be the cause of my being watched feeling every time? If you guessed my imagination, congrats, you win. You know who doesn't win at this game? Yours truly. That's why I don't call the cops, or my mom, or anyone as I reach for the mirror. Because chances are it's just an ordinary mirror. There's no cabinet or anything built into this bathroom. Certainly there's no reason for some weird-ass square hole. Click. Holy. Hell. Under my horrified stare, the mirror pulls away from the wall. I tug it open and behind it is... A hole. Just like in the game. The squarish hollow is empty except for lots of dust because I never knew it was there. Dust and a single slip of paper. My heart slams into my throat as my fingers grab the paper. I tug it out and read. Behind you! The coke comes up. It's a good thing I'm in the bathroom because the toilet is right there, and I double over it, heaving up my insides while the panic rages through me. It's a miracle I didn't have a freaking heart attack. When I finally finish and sink down by the bowl, shaking, my body is cold all over, and my shirt and part of the rim are spattered with vomit. Nothing but the rain drums outside. There's no one here in the bathroom with me. I've locked the door, but I reach for my laptop. The only way I'll figure what's going on is by finishing the game. I direct Mary to leave the bathroom. The screen goes black. Then, we're back in the living room again. Only now, it definitely is my living room. There's no ambiguity. Gone is the leg-shaped lamp. Gone the boxy sofa. And their place are my lamp, my futon sofa, my coffee table and plant rack. A new note has appeared on the coffee table. I can't make Mary do anything else, so I have her investigate the note. It comes up on the screen in bold letters. Congratulations. You've nearly completed Unrequited. I hope you enjoyed playing this game. I promised I'd find you, didn't I? I promised you would never be alone. And this little homage is the proof of my devotion. You aren't alone, my love. You're never alone. I'm always watching you. I've memorized everything about you. From your favorite cereal to your favorite color to that cute striped robe. I even know about that hole behind the mirror. Oh yes, it's real. Go look behind it. I've left you a surprise. Fade to black, then more text appears. From now on, we will be together forever. Fade to black, then one final line of text. But seriously, check the mirror. I look at the note in my hand with its scrawl of behind you. Look back at the black screen. There's no one here but me. You screwed up the timing, buddy, I muttered. The sudden buzz of my phone is like a siren shattering the silence. I jump, shrieking and clap a hand in my mouth, sobbing. I close the laptop with its terrifying message. Then I pull out my phone. It's Sarah responding to my text. Sarah says, 
What game? My account was hacked. Sorry. Probably a spammer. Everything okay? For a second, my vision swims. Everything goes black, but then, over the rushing of my own pulse, I come back to myself, and I am incredibly calm. I need to get out, I think, but I don't dare open the door. Don't dare go out alone right now. Not because there's anyone here, but just because I can't bring myself to move. So I do what any child anywhere in the world does when afraid, even though it's nearly one in the morning. I call mom. Police found no evidence of anyone in my house when mom called them later that night. I tried explaining about the note, how I'm certain I was meant to find it a week ago when Sarah texted me. From the behind you, it's pretty obvious Josh was planning to hide inside my home and lead out at the climactic moment. I suggested they search his computer, but the general feeling I got was that they were blowing me off. Also, the mutual office mate I texted let me know that Josh hasn't been to work recently, and in fact may have fled in fear of being caught after his plans went awry. But it no longer matters. I hired a moving company to take care of all of my things, and I'm staying with mom until I relocate. There's one more important detail I haven't told anyone. Last week, when I scared my mom with the baseball bat, she brought all those boxes of books I'd left at her place from the first time I moved because of Josh. I was too frazzled to deal with them, so we stacked them in the garage on the chest freezer. Mom saw how shaken I was and invited me to come stay with her for a few days. After she left, a message to Sarah, whom I'd left hanging. Sarah texted me. Hey, are you alright? If you don't respond, I'm calling the police. So I replied. Everything's fine. Sorry for the freak out. I hit send. Turned off the garage light. And then, just as I was heading inside, a faint ping caught my attention. A pale illumination behind the chest freezer. I could have checked, of course. It's possible that if someone really was inside my house and stupidly jumped into the chest freezer to get out of sight when the garage door went up with my mom's unexpected arrival, their phone might have tumbled from a back pocket and fallen behind the freezer. But, hypothetically speaking, if anyone did hop into that freezer, they weren't getting out from under those heavy boxes. So I didn't check. Thank you for making it all the way to the end of this story. I really hope you enjoyed it, and I hope to see you in the next one. And before you go, again, if you want to support the channel, you can do so by either following me on Twitter or maybe subscribing. You could even join my Discord if you want a chill community to hang with. And if you want to go even further than that, I do have channel memberships and a Patreon that I'm working on fleshing out, but they are there if you want to support the channel and, uh, and uh, support me. So I really appreciate you staying, and I hope to see you in the next one.